All right, gang. So just a quick heads up.、Uh, instead of doing what I've been promising for ages, which is to get around to that audio book, instead I went ahead and compiled all ten years of the Blue Skies writing that I did and put it together in a fucking book. You'd be able to find it in pretty much any of the marketplaces that Amazon has. It is literally every single word I ever wrote from that magazine, and it's all put together in nice book form. You can buy it in ebook, you can buy it in paperback, and believe it or not, you can even buy it in fucking hardback.、Uh, again, it's going to be available here really, really soon. This one not only includes all the articles that were in the first fucking pilot book, but about sixty more articles. It's got three hundred and fifty or so pages of some pretty funny, inappropriate, and hopefully informative shit. So check it out. Blue skies call. They seduce us, pulling us irresistibly upwards, reminding us to fly our own line, on our wings, and in life. We are the seekers, adventurers, being one with the air, feeling everything and nothing at once. That's the magic we chase. Follow the call. Find your pure wild flight with NZ Aerosports. Of course, I absolutely love the NZ Aerosports business model. I mean, come on! One glance at an Icarus "fuck yeah" sticker, and you know it lines up perfectly with the fucking pilot mentality. But outside their wonderful use of colorful language and a great company vibe, there's a long list of reasons to say NZ Aerosports "fuck yeah." NZ Aerosports blows me away right out of the gate as a canopy manufacturer with a bold offer. They give you ten jumps on your brand new nylon to decide if you want to keep it. Swap it out, or even return it for a refund. I mean, seriously, how incredible is that? That's like getting halfway through a prom and deciding you prefer the slightly racier date that goes down faster. Seriously, they do that. If you're not madly in love with your new canopy after ten jumps, they'll let you swap it out for another size or model, or even get your money back. And the range of canopies they've got, man, they've got a style canopy to fit every jumper and every situation with models you know and trust. Like the Sapphire Three, the perfect choice for the beginner or intermediate canopy pilot. The Crossfire Three, when you're ready to kick it up that elliptical notch. The JFX Two, if you're looking to up your new swoop game. The Leia as the workhorse and dirt water dirt beast, or the Petra. The Petra cranks out crazy power and is nothing short of a record breaker. But hey, it's not always about speed either. Take the Kraken, built as a low pack volume canopy specifically with wingsuiting in mind. She gives you all the performance you're looking for with the reliability you need that'll have you itching for that next formation, rodeo, or puffy cloud. So the equipment is top of the line, kick-ass stuff, as you already know. But how about the team? Well, the customer service gang is there to sort you out whenever you need them. Maddie and Beto are always there to help, with Jen holding the reins. They're available for you at sales at nzaerosports.com, and they've got a kick-ass live chat tool on the website if you're wanting to hit someone up right away. These are the crew you're going to want to talk to to get those custom orders in. With the stock nylon, once you know what you want, they'll have that shit on a FedEx truck as soon as the credit card machine says approved and get you in the air in no time. 
For your custom orders, you'll be able to get a time frame for building and shipping when you design it, so get to it. And demos. They've got demos in the U.S. available from their partner Rock Sky Market. The whole U.S. demo fleet is there with Sapphire 3, Crossfire 3, Kraken, JFX2, and Leia canopies in a range of sizes. They also offer student and tandem demos in the U.S. Bottom line, every step of the way, NZ Aerosports is there to get you what you need, and I personally couldn't be happier to be teamed up with them here on Lunatic Fringe. And now, time to get started with Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you proudly by NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah! Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go! Back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, and we got a whole bunch of faces to talk to this time around, so let's just get it started and dive right in. Tell me, fellas, who the fuck are you guys and what do you do? Hey, uh, my name is Tim Miller. Um, we are Monkey Claw Free Fly. Um, I would say we were, but we uh, we never actually like officially split up, so I think technically we're all still married to each other. Um, <laughs> we... Uh, yeah, we were a skydiving team back in uh, the, the 90s. Um, we did a lot of jumping together, a lot of drinking, um, a lot of fun, and uh, that's about it. Cool, cool. Who's next? All right, I'll go next. Uh, this is Glenn Newman, a.k.a. Stewie. I don't uh, think a whole lot of people back in the day knew my real name, <laughs> which was probably a good thing. Um, but, yeah, I'm uh, – one of the founding members of uh, Monkey Claw Free Fly, and uh, with uh, with the other guys, and uh, currently, I'm running a construction company in in Ocean County, and uh, pretty inactive in skydiving. But back in the mid late '90s, early 2000s, we were we were pretty hardcore. We were a pretty big deal. We uh, we were the best skydiving team of all Camden County, New Jersey, southern southern yeah. Williams, southern Williamstown, New Jersey, the best by far, by far. Yeah. And this is Bert. I, you know, Princess, you and I spoke about a month and a half ago. We you did. Know, finance, also with Monkey Claw. Yeah. Everybody knows who Quiet Guy is. We should just say it out loud. It's Jacko. Yeah. You know, yeah. For yeah, those yeah. who blew his cover, blew his cover, blew his cover. But uh, you know, really psyched to be back here with with the guys. You know, miss them all, but I get to see Stewie because I'm sitting right next to him. And Timmy, your hair is out of control, buddy. You know? <laughs> he, he he looks he looks like that little Bert head that we filled with lead and we used to use as a space ball and jump out. <laughs> he looks exi- Timmy. Can you do a headstand? You'll look exactly like <laughs> fucking doll. Yeah. So, so, so the, the funny, the, the best part of that that video was so that so, video like we didn't have so, dozens of those <laughs> so so princess just real quickly when space balls were popular you know we decided to fill a burt doll with lead and jump with it oh and no it was ernie it was an ernie doll. it was an ernie doll and, and you, you and, were trying to catch it but it was spinning around well like we started crazy. with just the ernie doll with lead shot but it was the whole doll, arms and legs and everything. And it was completely out of control. The, the simple fact that we never lost that thing is unbelievable. And then as, as the jumps went on, we're like, wait a second, we should try to streamline this thing. So it goes straight. 
<laughs> off of the thing. And eventually it was just a head with a pull-up cord. And it worked. But you caught it. I remember you caught it the first time because we were doing it was like the worst AFF student ever. It was oh. it on his back. And like all this everything. You caught it and you're like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> Under canopy, I was I was debriefing it. It's screaming at it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, it was so the best part for me. When uh, yeah, and so what happens is those guys are playing with us, right? And they're showing on video and everything. And I come in, and I had no idea what was going on. John just starts ripping into me. (laughs) He's like, "Don't you ever do that again? I don't. I can't believe you guys did that. You didn't get permission." And I'm like, give me that. I saw on the video. <laughs> Dude, I haven't been here all week. I don't know what's going on. So yeah, that was that was from that was my introduction to Ernie. <laughs> and, and a solid kick uh, in the there, teeth. That's a little that's a little that's a little that's a little sampling for you. I love it. I love it. Well, it's funny because when I showed up at Cross Keys in late 2003, Monkey Claw was already established as where all the shit went down. Um, like people living on the, the roof of the monkey claw team room. And if crazy shit was going to happen, it was going to be in and or around that team room. And that was well established by the time I got there. Yeah, there was some naughtiness for sure. A little so, bit, a little there was bit. a reputation there. Yeah. So how did, how did all of you guys get started in cross keys and how did monkey claw specifically get started? Where, where'd the idea come from? It was, so Jay Humphreys and I, um, actually had a, we were jumping together, um, you know, at Cross Keys. I met him there. I, I started jumping someplace else, um, and then uh, at, at a small town and uh, a small uh, drop zone in Morgantown, um, uh, Pennsylvania. I started jumping there. Finished off down in Delmarva, um, Laurel, Delaware, and um, but both of those places. Well, Morgantown kind of closed down. Um, Delaware, the Laurel, Delaware place was uh, is just a little bit far, far from me. Kids was there, um, but they had a small landing area at the time. It was even much smaller than it is now. And um, so everybody warned me, you know, don't go there. Oh, my God, you're getting up in the trees. And probably would have, considering my canopy uh, skills and everything. But um, I ended up going there and meeting up with uh, with these guys. Um, and I started doing free flying, you know, practicing my free flying out there. I was working weird hours, uh, like third shift type stuff. And so I would go out there, you know dead tired and just practice um, free flying, you know, after I'd seen uh, some groups on, um, on the, what was it, the ESPN uh, games. Mm. Uh, they had, you know, and I saw it like, like, old and, and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, mad style. And a lot of those guys out there, um, there was on the, the extreme games. And I thought that looked so cool. Sure. Out there to cross keys. I just did a whole bunch of solos. Um, on the weekends, we started, you know, uh, Bert came out, um, and he he had, like, miraculously learned how to free fly after 100 jumps with the Flyboys. Um, <laughs> you know, and so we all kind of started jumping together. And, um, you know, and uh, I think Bert actually was on a different team at the time with our uh, friend Stu, uh, Steve, right? Um, was that Black, and, Blackwater Tribe? And they yeah, were kind of... Yeah. And Steve, Steve, yeah, Steve yeah, that's right. so that they, 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 he, Steve fell off the, the, the cliff of the earth, right? You know, face of the earth, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so we, we, sorry. Yeah, we you. grabbed Stewie. Um, Stewie joined uh, Jay and I uh, to start Monkey Claw. And I think those guys came with the name uh, after a, a drunk night. Uh, I'll, I'll hand off to Stewie here, and he can probably, if he remembers, uh, give us the particulars of the, of the name. 
so I remember, you know, we would, we would jump we, and not well, but we would jump quite a bit together and uh, shoot our videos with our massive cameras. And then in the evening times, oftentimes in the beginning, go off site to drink and we'd end up back at like uh, Jay Humphrey's house and get a keg and, and, you know, slam that thing down. And I remember sitting around with Timmy, and, yeah, Timmy and Timmy and Jay back at the house and whoever else would come over there and just saying, we should, you know, we should, we should make a team and do this new free fly thing kind of, <laughs> and uh, just throwing names around. And Timmy and I were pretty big fans and Jay and Jay, of course, were big fans of uh, South park and <laughs> talking about eating hot food and having the, the next day re hots. And, uh, you know, the term monkey claw came out and we're like, that's it. It's it's it that is as simple as that. It's just like we're monkey claw now. And it, it obviously it's stuck and we just started using it. Um, but to, to get the real reference of the team name and the meaning, you got to go back to South South Park, um, you know, and having a having a fiery ass. And that's the that's the way back one of South Park. I mean, for uh, oh. pretty pretty much all of our generation of skydivers, it was bands like Sublime and shows like South Park that kind of put the exclamation point on on that whole time, right? Yes. And so so for us, we would be jumping at cross keys and manifesting as as Monkey Claw and and traveling, you know, just just for fun. We we weren't anything at the time and to to have anyone announce the name monkey claw we were like a couple of schoolgirls giggling anytime someone said it, it was like they said oh they said a bad word they said the peepee word and we would just fall about ourselves laughing like monkey claw because we were the only ones that knew what it really meant it was, it was just it was a it was a joke to us you know the name was a joke we weren't a joke we were just having fun sure but the name the name was really a joke and it was uh and it was awesome to just well, but Cross Keys was kind of, uh, especially by the time I showed up there, Cross Keys was kind of uh, world famous at that time for a bunch of wild skydiving being done, but just a bunch of wild characters having a really good time. I mean, that kind of became what it was known for. Um, and Monkey Claw did not uh, slow that reputation down at all. No, I mean, so, you know, I came in, Jay, Jay had ended up moving the yeah. next year. Right. And I came in as the camera guy. And I remember the seminal moment for us was when we got our first sponsor, which was like suit, a suit sponsor. Like that was a big deal. Remember we had our first like the kind rags, like pants. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, we all look the same. Like this is awesome. Like, and then I it's remember those, those were there. red, uh, red, blue, and yellow, weren't they? That's right. That's right. And I, in fact, I, I whipped out my old monkey's claw suit this weekend to go film a wingsuit jump. <laughs> And I think half of the kids there thought I was wearing like a painter suit or something like, like they didn't understand what it was. Right. You know? And, um, and so, well, you got, you got to, you got to take a step back for a second. That, that was hot shit then because yeah. people were wearing, yeah. people were wearing sit suits, but yeah, to- with, Tony's the wings, sit with the suits. wings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. With the inflatable wings. Right. So, so we were, we were jumping technology. I know time. that was technology at the time, at the time, at the time. <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I came in the next year, and that was like our our season where we started like actually looking coordinated. Like the the world wide web was like in its infancy, and Timmy got a website going. Yeah, right? t- Timmy got the website going, and we started racking up quote hits. <laughs> and we would go to sponsors and be like, "We got a hundred thousand hits," and Timmy would be like, "That doesn't mean shit." 
it means they just clicked on a picture. It doesn't mean anything. And we would go sponsors and they'd be like, holy crap, you got 40,000 hits. Oh my God, we're going to sponsor these people. Yeah. It's just, I mean, Timmy, their, their ignorance played into our sponsorship. I mean, Timmy was like, you were the guy who really went out and got us all our initial sponsors. Like, I remember like we would show, I would show up to every weekend. I'm like, whoa, we got suits. That's awesome. And then the weekend after that, we get rigs and, and then helmets and then we got canopies and then we got altimeters and you know when i came back to the sport like you know about five years ago my first reaction was like, holy shit gear is expensive right <laughs> we, were, we were spoiled right like we're getting two rigs a year right yeah. two sets of canopies all this sort of thing and i we, think you know we didn't we didn't really compete until like the third year right most of it was just boogie we were doing boogie stuff and like stupid stuff at the drop zone you know um, if I remember correctly, we did yeah. nationals. We did nationals. We did nationals took, one we, year. We, we took second in the exhibition year. That's right. That's right. Yep. That's well, yeah. right. So basically, we, Monkey Claw got sponsored to go around to different drop zones and fuck around as much as possible. Pretty much. And drink. Yeah. I mean, if <laughs> well, that counts. As, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't count drinking as fucking around. Drinking was serious business at the yeah, time. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, we, that was, we, I think we were good at part it. of our appeal, though. Yeah, yeah, we were top drinkers. Um, but I think part of our appeal was, and, and people still tell me to this day, because my, my sister-in-law runs Skydive with uh, Sebastian, Amanda. And uh, Stu's picking his nose there. Um, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> he ate it, too. There you go. <laughs> um, but she, she still tells us, you know, she, she says, I wish we could get people who would come here and... and and be good, you know, good organizers and, and work with people and talk to people and, and be friendly and still hang out at night and, and not appear like, or, or be like really, you know, elitist, you know, and, and just talking to certain people. I mean, cause we go out there, we drink with anybody, <clears throat> you know, you bring us a beer, we'll drink with you. Um, and, and, but, but we, you know, we talk, we we debrief, we, we talk about different things. And, um, you know, she's, she says she just she has a really hard time finding organizers who, who do that sort of thing still to this day mm. and, you know, and, and is really friendly to everybody. I think that was one of the things that really kind of, I don't know, if, I wouldn't say it set us apart, but it, it set us apart, you know. I mean, we, we hung out. Sure. Yeah, I, I, think, I think also what you're really saying, Timmy, is that we look like everybody else. Like we weren't like, you know, we were just like average schmoes, you know, <clears throat> hanging out and like, you know, jumping yeah, and having and fun. It, right? Yeah, you know, and, and what Timmy's saying, it, was, it wasn't something that we ever intentionally said, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do this different. We're going to go to these drop zones and we're going to do it different. We knew that other organizers would jump, you know, and then disappear at night. And just by the way our nature and who are what our personalities as individuals were and then how we were as a group that's just what we did we didn't sure. it wasn't it wasn't like a business model we just do you think coming from or coming up at a drop zone like cross keys that was such a social place played a part in how you guys were elsewhere yeah i think i think the community at cross keys in the mid to late 90s was generally social because remember you had a you had the transplants from the herd, right? Who came over and were like a foundational community. And then you had all of us go through student status. And, you know, John had a really good, like, you know, sort of system where not a system, but just like a general community where we would all generally hang after, after beer light, you know, was on. Um, you know, the, the, the crazy thing is as much as we were super social, I am that guy who now ghosts every time 
the day mm. is over. Well, you're, you're old. <laughs> right, 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 right. You, you got old. <laughs> Nobody wants to hang out with you anymore. You're that old guy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we, uh, yeah, totally. I mean, what John brought over with the herd was that mentality of, of, of almost anything goes and, and um, anything goes, you know, if, if you didn't get caught. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and even if somebody got hurt or whatever, but um, yeah, it was that mentality. So we kind of fell into that mentality and um and and there was also no no uh no smartphones yeah there was so no there was right. you know if, if some asshole broke out a camera that was one thing but for the most part a lot of shit that went on did not get recorded and uh, which is and, damn and that, good and, and that allowed for a little bit more latitude um <laughs> and the, and on the videos that you, you know a lot of people have seen that's uh you know that's a that's some of the stuff that got that got done right you know, stealing a uh, stealing a totem pole from a DZ in Florida and putting it in your RV and driving it all the way home and setting it up. That never made it to video, but that happened. <laughs> Stuff like that. Well, that's the great part about watching all the old videos, though, right? Is somebody had to sit down and go, yep, it's cool if other people see this and then produce the video and put it out there. Whereas now... It's just absolutely everywhere. Shit that gets put out on the Internet. Oh, my God. It would be horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. But it wouldn't have been the same community if that had been possible. Thank fuck. <laughs> yeah, some of, the, some of the flying skills that we were doing were, you know, I'm not saying we're in, we were innovators. I mean, maybe, maybe we did some things, but we, we were doing stuff that was kind of new. Um, so the, the, the free flying stuff that we were doing was like, people would see that and be like, wow. You know, I, I want I want to do that. No, I mean, and, and so in all honesty, I, no no joking. Around, I was in I was in Europe last week or two weeks ago, and I was in in Luxfly, which is this tunnel in Luxembourg, and they have a skydiving museum. And in the museum, they had a bunch of old videos. And I was talking to Steve Braff about it, and he said, you know, we basically just tried stuff to see if it would work, like twenty ways, thirty ways, early tracking jumps, tube early, jumps, tube jumps, like. We have no idea what we were doing, right? Everything is like super planned now. Like you watch the big ways where they're they're very slot specific, and it's like you know they get on their knees and they walk it out seven times. I think our version of like dirt diving big ways is like, hey, you dock on Timmy, like find out find out where he is in the sky, and then let's see if we can do it, right? And if it blew up, we all kind of laughed at each other and then just kept going, right? We we probably weren't the safest bunch out there, but you know. It was it was worth trying once, yeah. you think? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, that now, was, uh... yeah, and I think as as we went on and they started doing uh, the the Project Horizon stuff, which lasted a couple couple of years, and it started to. I think that that was really the the um, the growth of of more technical uh, um, heads down, feet up. Um, flying and uh, uh, the free flying that, that you're seeing now, I think, was, was kind of born in those days with, with uh, um, Storm Dunker and uh, Dave Donnelly and some of our friends um, really putting this stuff together and inviting us out to, to participate in these things where they were just, you know, originally a, a big way was 20 people within, uh, you know, 20 feet of each other. And that's per person. So, you know, it could be around like a 200 square, you know, 200 foot circle. 20 people and and that was a big way you know um and, and as we started to grow and we started to get you know do some four-way type stuff and get more organized i think that was really kind of the genesis of of what we have now is with the the sequential work you know they 
they don't do much as much artistic stuff anymore. They do a lot more technical and more sequential. And, um, you know, it's fun to watch. It's fun to see. Um, it's nice that, that the tunnels are there now that, that people can participate and learn, um, you know, in a safer environment, um, aside from the, the, you know, the walls hitting you occasionally. Um, but I think it's really grown a lot um, with that, this, the whole idea of free flying. Sure. Well, you guys must well, have we, known that you were kind of making your mark when all the big names started coming to Cross Keys. Because, let's face it, Williamstown is... Uh, you, would you ever go to Williamstown, New Jersey, if you weren't either from there or a skydiver? And all of a sudden, you've got Omar Al-Hijalan and Olaf Zipser, and all these amazing people are showing up at Cross Keys because of some of the stuff that you guys were doing. So maybe not innovative, but certainly uh, catching attention. Well, they did have a free fly school there with an Olaf school yeah. there before we started. And in all fairness, I mean, they, they did get one season, one season. They did yeah. get it started with Mike Swanson and, and, and those guys, but it wasn't, it wasn't ready yet. Right. It just, there wasn't, there wasn't the marketplace, so to speak for the free flying yet. And, uh, you know, and to, and to pay the money uh, for instruction stuff, it just, it wasn't there yet. So as anything is in life, timing is, is huge too, to have, the the influence and the latitude that like a John Eddowes and that herd mentality would have mm. and us knuck, us knuckleheads coming up saying, you know, <laughs> let's throw each other. Let's throw ourselves out of an airplane and see if we can stay in the same vicinity of each other uh, in this new thing, sort of new thing called free flying. It was a lot of timing, sure, you know, and, and our young energy and willing to stick around and drink beer all night, um, you know. <laughs> brought 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 the brought the guests to the party i know? mean my, my favorite part my favorite memory of that, that summer 97 98 when we all started was that they were absolute zoo dives every free fly jump so it wasn't uncommon and when all the new pc1 cameras came out so we, we switched from the high eight cameras on top of our heads to yep. the pc1 that you can wear on the side of your head and it's like whoa dude this is like state of the art we can align it with our eyes and it could see where we're is, where my, we're is my red light on is my red light is on? my red light is on, is it on? <laughs> And so, but, the, but every jump was like a zoo dive. So it wasn't uncommon for like, like we would be doing a two way and you'd look off in the distance and Moises is doing a helicopter <laughs> like hundred feet away. And then two people are like randomly trying to like sit fly over the distance. And we started off exiting as like a four way, right. Or a five way. And somehow we all survived. Right. Like, is, like we, 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 we had our, our basic rules and stuff of, you know, sort of not kill each other, but you're right. It was, it was mayhem. Well, we got, you got a point. And then and then it went to hell, and then it blew up. You know, legs in a star. We'll turn one eighty and use the other hand, um, and that was the end of the dive. And then everyone did their own thing. And then, and, and well, when all else fails, go to your back. Don't burn, you know? Don't, don't cork and kill somebody, um, and track hard. Yeah, right, right. But well, we, you know, we we did have each other's backs, and we yeah. did learn from our experiences, and you know. Somehow we're still alive. I know it's so dumb. It's so it is. It's remarkable. <laughs> well, and by the time um, my generation across Keys people kicked in, it was already very well established. The the way the drop zone was set up was established. John had built one hell of a facility, and and the operation was 
I mean, it, it, it's it's the thing of legend at this point. Um, so looking back, especially now, uh, I know we, uh, uh, Bert, we talked quite a bit about John in our podcast before, um, but he built a drop zone that, quite frankly, sparked um, the passion for a lot of people in skydiving and, and uh, um, some really insane uh, experiences. So tell me a little bit about how you guys felt about Cross Keys and John and, and the kind of opportunities he gave. It was awesome. Um, yeah, he, he, he built a great community. I, uh, when I started going out there, <clears throat> I can't remember what year it was, but, um, you know, I had maybe 50 jumps or something like that. And, um, it was just, it was nice. Um, to me, like all, all drop zones, you know, Del Mar was, was similar, you know, you hang out at night, people were camping in tents and stuff, <clears throat> but it wasn't, um, it wasn't the same atmosphere. Maybe it was just, you know, the, the age of the people, um, or, you know, as, as people get older, they have families and they, a lot of them like to go home to, to their family. Some, some don't, but most of them do, you know, and, um, and uh, so, you know, they, they wouldn't hang out as much and the people who camping, sit around and talk, sit on the campfire. Um, <clears throat> Cross Keys was uh, that on, on steroids and whiskey. I mean, they, you'd, you'd hang out, but <clears throat> there'd be a bo- big bonfire, people running around, um, you know, doing some crazy stuff. Um, but, but having fun, you know, I was, it was, I wouldn't say it wasn't dangerous, but at the same time, you know, um, it it was for the most part, it was safe. If you didn't want to partake, you could just hang out and watch, or you could go to a different part of the drop zone and just sit around and and chat. So, you know, they had it all going on. Mm. Um, so I, I, I was a great atmosphere and John, Sometimes John would, you know, especially in the early days, he'd hang out with us um, and, and, you know, have, have fun with everybody. Um, you know, and, and so it was just a great atmosphere. Sure. Yeah, yeah, John, John developed this, this drop zone coming from the herd, and you can't stress that enough that almost anything goes. Um, you know, better to ask for forgiveness than, than permission kind of mentality. Um, and it was you know, if, if it meant that it was going to be a good time and if it meant that there was going to be some marketability of this, um, it, it, it was, it was, let's just do it. Um, when that, when that kid, uh, Kennedy wanted to light himself on fire and he went to, he, and he went to Edo's and said, uh, you know, can I light myself on fire? And he's like at the, at the, at the, whatever, at the monkey, jam. At, at yeah. the monkey claw, uh, free flight jam, one of our boogies. And, uh, John's like, I don't give a shit what you do. Um, it's not my boogie. It's it's uh, monkey claws. Go talk to Stewie. And it, you know, it came to me, and I was like, oh. Oh. "Yeah, he came to me too." I was like, "You do whatever you want." Man. I was like, "I don't, I don't give a shit what you do. You know? um, just don't kill yourself." And but it was that laissez-faire attitude. And hey, if it got a laugh, and if it meant that tomorrow more people are going to come to the drop zone, have at it. Yeah, and John was really good about like making sure, like as we hung out more he took a particular pride in just that student program and those students staying and becoming part of the community and like you know like some of our like doug urbany and janice right like they were our students and they went through aff and they became like a you know a really core part of the community Mm -hmm. i mean you know ronnie c ron ron Mello, schmucker right like everybody shows up right like they became instantly part of the community and john john was really great about making sure that you know the students felt that they had a place immediately like there was no there was no 
there was no real like division or clicks between anybody. We were all just sort of hanging out, you know. Sure. Well, John and, and, also John also uh, um, was the one that would stoke the fires on a lot of the after hours fucking shit that went down. Half of that was him giving somebody the keys to something and seeing what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, he would. He yeah. would do that. He would totally do that. You're yeah. right. But but he, but but you'd never know that the keys came from him. No, <laughs> it was it was like a perfect spy mission. You could never trace it. It, you, it was this insulated insulated somehow. Um, you know, when you, you got Johnny Nine Lives jumping off the hundred foot ladder truck. Yeah. Uh, you know, burning cars and, and all that other stuff. You were never going to trace that back to John. No. no. <laughs> he was if, if Kennedy had gotten hurt, lighting himself on fire, he would have been like, uh, Stewie said it was okay. The monkey <laughs> said it was okay. Yeah, right. And I would have been like, we're a limited liability company. We don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we got no assets. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Everybody working for Cross Keys uh, uh, had to get an LLC so that all of our stupid shit was on our own shoulders. Hundred percent. John, yeah. Was a, John was a phenomenally intelligent person in a lot of levels. Yep. Yep. He definitely. Uh, there were a couple of times that he just made me outright laugh. He had taught me on a load he was jumping how to fuck with the Twin Otter's trim uh, just to annoy the pilot. You just reach over and tweak the rudder trim a little bit. And uh, two loads after he teaches me how to do this, of course, I'm sitting all the way up front, and I'm fucking with the rudder trim. And and uh, um, the pilot, unbeknownst to me, was getting pretty pretty shook by it and thought that someone in the back was grabbing controls and moving shit. So he kicked the tail so hard he almost knocked one of the camera flyers out of the plane. John fired his ass the minute he got on the ground, came over to me and went, were you fucking with the rudder? Yeah, John, and I'm thinking I'm the next one to go. He pats me on the back, hands me a beer, and says, good job, I don't need that kind of guy anyway. Walks away, and I'm like, holy shit, dude. Well, he... He had Johnny Nine Lives drive the Bobcat through the, the vinyl fence in front of the drop zone just just to see how the the, uh, the drop zone manager would react. <laughs> he wanted to see how he would handle that situation. And all he had was Selwyn laughing his ass off. <laughs> and, and that's on, that's on video. But that was uh, that was a um, I wouldn't say a planned event, but he, he wanted to see how the manager would react. And uh, so, I mean, anyway. you got to love it. You got to love it. He, uh, I got caught by John squatting in one of his trailers because uh, uh, John O'Gordon and Jacko set the trailer on fire when I was in it. Um, and I came out the door to put the fire out, and John was there going, you're living in my trailer. Huh, we're going to have to talk about rent, and then smiles and walks away. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that was John. So what are some of the most memorable yeah, times he, you he have? the pot. Both from from Cross Keys and and from Monkey Claw, what are like the the biggest outstanding memories you guys have? That's a tough one. I mean, we had we had so much fun. Yeah, go ahead, Timmy. You start. Uh, I, I mean, we just I, I just I mean, uh, we had even even on the on the ship days, right? I mean. Some some would claim that every time we had a jam, the weather would be shit. <clears throat> but I remember one day that was actually nice. But we had, I mean, uh, I, I can't think of like a single thing that was like, oh, that was the best thing that ever. That was, I mean, I I I think it was. We look forward to going there 
every day or waking up there in the morning, um, you know, jumping our asses off, everything from working with students and, and, and new jumpers to, to going out and trying to do a, you know, a, a complicated four-way or taking out taking up both otters or, or the otter and the caravan or the sky van and, and trying to get, you know, 30 people in the sky together uh, with close proximity. I mean, that was before we were doing, you know, huge, you know, 20 way docks and stuff, but, um, you know, just being close and, and looking around and everybody just, just being chill and, and, you know, using their skills for the best of their ability. And, um, I mean, uh, everything was great. It, uh, and for, for the team itself, the travels, you know, we, we did Puerto Rico, we did, um, <clears throat> you know, world free fall convention, in Quincy, um, you know, uh, had a great time up in, um, up in Montana for the, for, for the, the book out there. I can't remember what it's called now. Lost Prairie, Lost Prairie. Um, Lost Prairie, that's it. Um, and, you know, doing the, we had this, the cross country of Lost Prairie. They let us out way up the valley. We'd open up um, and, and, you know, drink a beer on the way down um, or, or so it's alleged. <laughs> and, you know, and then, we, yeah, it, it was, it was it, everything. I, I don't think there was a bad time there. Um, and cross itself. Even even when John got mad at me, I feel like I was sometimes the whipping boy because he couldn't yell at Stewie. Um, and I know Burr feels like he was a whipping boy too. But but um, yeah, um, yeah you know. he would yell at me. I know he would yell at me more because I was family. You know, like like that, yeah. was, that was the security secret. Was like I got the brunt of the shit, and I just like kept quiet because I was staying at his house, right? So I didn't want to like <laughs> I didn't want to like. I didn't want to trump the card of like being able to walk from John's air conditioned basement to the, uh, to the drop sign while you guys were sweating your ass off in the trailer, you know? So he would, he would yell at me most of the time and I'd be like, okay, sorry. You know? I mean, yeah, for me, it was really just the travel. Like I, for me, the, the favorite memories are, I, you knew that when we had an event or when we traveled that we would have a good time, whether we were jumping or not. And most people came to the monkey jam fully expecting not to jump. Princess, because we had a track record of like I think three or four years in a row where it rained every fucking time we tried to do a boogie, but people would show up. People would come from Orange, and they would you know we the whole contingent from Orange come and like all the guys from like Lebanon, and they would come principally because we would just like they were wanted to see what would happen. <laughs> Love it. Team. We had like you know, the mechanical bull one year. We did the sumo suit wrestling. We had that like you know that um, that uh, holy shit that thing. I, that, that, that twirly thing. The was, big twirly thing yeah, with, that, a, with a rope. And yeah, yeah, loops. right, right. And like and like we put Mike, we put my brother-in-law on it, and John ran up. He's like, "Is that Mike on the thing?" Right? And Mike was locked in, and John started pulling on it so hard that Mike started doing rotations, and he was probably pulling like three or four G's. And John wouldn't stop. He just kept doing it. And Mike's like, I'm going to throw up. And John's like, kept going. And you hear Mike like dry heaving, you know, <laughs> like, like that's the sort of shit that like that would happen. Right. You know, you know, just despite all the boogies and everything else, like, you know, Sandy Reed sent me a, an email the other day Sandy with rigging innovations. He's like, tell the guys about bananas. Right. He's like, tell the story about bananas. Right. From, from Lost Prairie, because people just love like, you know, hanging out with us. You know? the bananas, well, let's hear the banana story. Cooking the bananas. Yeah. yeah. So his 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 wife would we would stay at his house at Lost Prairie, um, 
this was year after year after year and she'd make us breakfast because we were you know we were like employees so to speak we, we were there to work the boogie and in the morning she would make breakfast and she would take the bacon grease and cook bananas in it afterwards it was phenomenal I still occasionally do that to the, this day. The, my family's like, that's, that's, I'm like, it's bacon. How can it be gross? It's awesome. Um, but yeah, for, for me, I, 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 I gotta say ditto. I, you know, it's hard to pinpoint any one thing that the vibe uh, of cross keys over all the, all those years was just, it was just awesome. There's no way to describe it. There's just no one thing it would take volumes and volumes and days of just all the little things that we did or participated in or saw uh, or instigated or whatever. It was just a phenomenal experience. I did, you know, and I keep, we keep coming back to John Eddowes and whatnot, or maybe I do. I mean, he, he would do stuff like he paid for a couple of us to fly out to England to go to the BPA meeting, their big banquet thing, just to raise hell, <laughs> just to raise hell. And if we said the words skydive cross keys, uh, you know, one eight hundred skydive or whatever the phone number was at the time, and threw that in there a few times, that was a win. Um, you know, stuff like that. It, but the, you know, certainly the traveling with the guys going to Montana and, and um, we you know were, to Florida and to Texas and to Georgia yeah. and to Maine and to to Virginia, uh, and then to have those people from Tennessee or, or Kentucky, I'm sorry, yeah. and uh, come come to see us. It's like you, you came to see us. You came all this way to hang out with us. Oh, we're going to have a good time. You know, it was like an appreciation, <laughs> it was an appreciation of you're, you're willing to drive across the country to come hang out with us on a shitty rainy weekend and probably not jump. Oh, it's going to, it's on. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> so I, I, I have, I have two distinct memories of what we were notorious for. One was we wrecked a bunch of rental cars at every <laughs> nationals. So we would rent the rental car and pay the extra insurance. And Timmy would would drive it down the back road going up to Paris and then like basically implant it into a tree. And we also, I think we wrecked one other rental car where we basically like took all the drops on trash and deposited it on top of the rental car. One that, night. that was, well, there, there might've been that, but there was down in Puerto Rico uh, <laughs> where they lost the transmission by uh by, by shifting it into drive, I think into sh- drive while in full reverse, um, and then parked it in front of wherever we were staying and completely covered it in garbage. Yeah. So the joke and Timmy, this is what what the joke was the other day. That's why you never were the one that put it on your credit card. <laughs> Timmy always put it on his Whoever whoever, yeah. was the, whoever was the new guy, the new person on that trip. Oh, we'll make them. We'll, we'll get them to put it on their credit card because <laughs> we knew by the end of the trip the car was was done. So Timmy would Timmy banged up the front bumper of one of the cars, and then when we turned, it made sure to park it like one inch away from the car in front of it, so they couldn't <laughs> see it. Uh, but uh, and I also remember like a big thing we would do is we would fuck with all the other cross keys guys who were at nationals and like trying to take it too seriously. Like remember Dave Briggs? <laughs> like like Dave was trying to like qualify for the World Games in sky surfing. And because he just came off his X game season and we found out which room number he was in. And we were walking around the drop zone saying there's a party at room 238 tonight. <laughs> right. He's like, I gotta sleep. I got I got we, we, we would be we would be on the airplane and I would just start whistling like the Andy Griffith show theme song. <laughs> just just to mess with other people. 
because we didn't give a shit. It didn't matter if we came in first place. Not or, last, or, or, not last, baby. Or it, it, not last. That was. It, was, <laughs> it, 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 it didn't matter. We were there for a good time. <laughs> Masters of psychological warfare. That's what it we was, were. It was on. And well, if you could, and if you couldn't hang, well, screw you. That's your problem, not ours. If this if your if your competition, you if your goal in competition is as basic as not last place, you got a pretty wide open fucking playing field. That's pretty good. Worked for us. We always won. <laughs> Look at all these trophies. Trophy <laughs> room. <laughs> So now, who is who is still jumping? I think Stewie, you said you're not jumping anymore. Yeah, I uh, I kind of bailed out. I I uh, I started a family, and you know that whole excuse. But I was actually also in a fair amount of pain. Uh, my back was 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 pretty bad for a long time, mm. um, and it just uh, just to me, I wasn't staying I wasn't staying current enough. Um, and it just for me, it was again timing. It just seemed like the right time to to move on to other things, which sure. I, which I had. Sure. Tim, how about you? Are you jumping? Uh, no, I, I occasionally go to the wind tunnel. Um, I do have a recurrency date coming up, though, to, to jump. So I'm... Um, when? Bert just yeah, sat 11, straight up. My son told me that he's gonna, he wants me to get current so I can jump with him. He's six right now. So in, what, 11 years <laughs> or 12 years, um, I'll be getting current so I can jump with him. Um He's really excited about it. Um, I, I still, I mean, I'm, I'm in Z Hills right now. I, I still hang out. I still have at the stuff I told you. My sister-in-law runs Skydive Sebastian. Um, I'll, I, I'm a pilot, so I'll fly down to like uh, I live in uh, in Sedona, Arizona now, and so I'll fly down to to Eloy and chat with some of the guys, some of the old demers and stuff that I know. You know, Jason Peters and, and some of those guys. We'll, we'll just shoot the shit for a little bit and, and maybe get in the tunnel a little bit and stuff. Um, nice. but yeah, I'm, I'm more into flying and do some other activities and stuff. So, but I don't, I haven't jumped in. I think my last jump was with Bert. And that's yeah, probably exactly. why it was my last It's jump. funny. Cause we kind of just like, we didn't like to Timmy's point, we didn't officially break up. We just kind of like stopped showing up collectively yeah. all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like I, I, we went, we went to Quincy. We did that last nationals in Chicago and then the next season, I think I maybe did like 10 jumps and like, we didn't even have a conversation about it. We just like, we, we all knew. We like, just it, was time. It, was right. time. it was time. Yeah. Right. I know. Yeah. I know for me, one of the, one of the final things that, that kind of pushed me over the edge was my, I had a, a, a fun jump with Ron Sarma. Yeah. Uh, and I had a, that same weekend, I had a, a, a student jump with Sarah Loge. Oh, sister Sarah. Yes, Sister Sarah and Ron. Those were the last two jumps I ever made. Yeah. Wow. And the next weekend they had a canopy entanglement and both died. Yeah, that, that anniversary was. And just so last my weekend. last student yeah. and my, my last fun jump, they were both gone. And I was like, Oh shit. I if I'm looking for a sign, may, maybe that's it. Man, I'll tell you what, I was uh, no. I was hey. jumping uh chucking drogues down in Wildwood. I was doing the boogie. Uh, when that happened and Sarah was a good friend. I didn't really know Ron that well, but Sarah was a good friend and I I I don't think I've ever been kicked quite that hard. Um that was that was fucking brutal. And uh John had begged the staff that was down there because we had so many people uh booked to do the tandems. He's like, "Please, you guys got to keep jumping." And having to do a tandem 
an hour after I found out that uh, Sarah and Ron went in. Man, oh, man, that was tough. Uh, and Cross Keys, I mean, I hate to say it, for all the wonderful things, Cross Keys had a lot of shit go down, man. There was a lot of really sad stuff as well as a lot of really wonderful stuff. So, yeah, I can understand. Yeah, I think it's just a function of, like, you know, that they became, like, another big drop zone. You know, unfortunately, as you have the numbers, you know, you're going to statistically have the accidents. And sure, I think at the time, it was, it was basically Eloy... Paris, Sebastian, and Cross Keys. In oh, terms yeah. Of just pure volume. And just statistically, that's bound to happen. I mean, you guys all know this. I, I came at the jumping five years ago just because Sophia, if you remember Sophia running around the drop zone as a two-year-old, she wanted to do a tandem. And I was like, I got to figure out if there are any Jackos left at the drop zone so that they don't, like, <laughs> pick up my water, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was like step number one right and i'm still current you know i i was we had the fourth of july boogie this past week and i jumped a bunch but they had um you know i have a i have a you know I have a, I'm, I'm sort of doing a player coach thing with a new team you know called the ck syndicate and what i told the new drop zone owners i said you need you know you need a generation of people who went through your student program to be like your next generation ambassadors so not that we could ever try to like recreate the monkey claw experience but you know i you know pulled together a bunch of folks that at the time all had under a thousand jumps and they do free fly coaching free fly organizing the parties aren't quite the same they don't travel as much you know uh but uh and i ghost at like you know before beer lights on just because i'm old right but it's a start Right. You know, and funny enough, like, you know, when I reach out to all the sponsors, you know, so we're, we're, we're sponsored by Julio at Liquid Sky. We're, we're sponsored by SunPath, you know, through Sandy, because Sandy merged rigging innovations with SunPath. Um, you know, at, at the first thing I reference is the old monkey clog days and people recognize it right away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, the so, huge benefit to skydiving, whether you're jumping or not, is the community of skydiving never goes anywhere. Once a skydiver, always a skydiver, whether you ever put a rig on again or not, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And so there's still a bunch of our old photos hanging around in the lounge, right? Like, you know, sunset. There's a really nice picture of us after one of our sunset jumps, just all hanging out and they're doing a flyby overhead, you know, and People ask me, you know, like, who's that? And I'm like, that guy's old. That guy's old. Oh, that was me. So, yeah. <laughs> that, guy's <old> <laughs> that guy's old, too. Right, right. You know? So, that's what happens, you know? That's awesome, though. Well, and so, it was your your daughter was the spur to get you back in the air? Yeah. And, like, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, yes, 100%. And, like, you know, I was jumping out when I saw you a couple yeah. of months, a couple months ago, for me, it's like a mini reunion every time I go to a drop zone because I get to see old friends and sure. Timmy's you're at Z Hills right now. You should, you know, you should push up that currency thing. You know, you, you I saw your yeah. picture, you saw Jeannie and Kurt Bartholomew do a demo. And I was like, I'm pretty sure they have their AFF ratings, you know, so you could <laughs> probably correct. done. If it was 1997, you would have done the demo anyway. So, you know, even, even being like, <laughs> yeah, well, hell, we used to, yeah. yeah. Cross Keys had the golf course demo every Friday. Yeah, you would land, you would, and, yeah, we landed off again <laughs> at sunset <laughs> on a Friday. Um, oh, you have a bar here? Oh, I had no idea. No idea. Yep. yep. 
And that, that was, was all fine as long as you were respectful to the, the to the facilities and the and the, the players and whatnot. And we we, we, I, we tried. To be. You remember we did that demo and, and, you, and you'd come screaming by going, "Can I play through?" <laughs> yeah. Do you remember we did that demo in like Lower Merion and that country club kid gave you a bunch uh, of crap for not letting. I was just thinking about that. That's yeah, not thanks. very good, are you? <laughs> exactly. Tell, tell so, so we had done a demo into a private event, and uh, they and you know they put that big X on the ground, land here kind of thing, and right. you no know, everything, everybody landed fine. It was all good. And I landed, I don't know, maybe fifty feet from the X or whatever, perfectly fine, well within the the appropriate landing area. And the little kids come over, and we were doing the crowd thing, high five and whatnot. And one little shit says to me. Um, uh, the X over there. What that? What's that mean? It's like, well, that's the you know, that's the target where you're supposed to land. He goes, so you you know, you're supposed to land on the target. I said, well, yeah, you're you know, supposed to land on on the target. He goes, and you didn't land on the target. I said, no, I but I landed safely near the target. He goes, well, I guess you're just not that good, are you? <laughs> and this was like a like a nine or ten year old little shit. I was like, I just jumped into your event for free. You don't even, you don't even have funnel cake here, you little bastard. Oh, no. That was that was the go-to. We jumped into Rotorfest and stuff. John would be like, you want to jump into this event? You're going to jump smoke. You're going to jump an enormous flag, life-threateningly huge American flag. You're going to have these sport aerobatic planes circling way too close to you. You want to do it? And Timmy and I would look at each other. We're like, do they have funnel cake? They're like, yeah, they'll probably have a funnel cake trailer there. Oh, we're in. We're in. We'll, we'll jump for funnel cake. Fucking gotta love it. Well, I got I got roped into doing a demo by John into uh, what's the uh, what's the stadium on the Jersey side of the bridge, um, the minor league baseball stadium. Oh, that I know what you're talking about. It's in Camden. It's yeah, the the, the kid the Camden Stadium, and they were doing a big birthday party uh, baseball event for Donovan McNabb's birthday, and they ended up not getting the jumpers that they thought. So literally last minute, he had me put on a 210, show him that I could land near the P pits, and the next thing you know, I'm jumping out of a the 206 somewhere over fucking Camden, going oh, never done a stadium jump before, no idea how this shit's supposed to work, and the uh, the drop zone manager at the time who I'll leave out of it just so we don't say his name overshot and slammed into the backstop of the, the baseball time. <laughs> but again, it was all just uh yeah, fucking go do this. <laughs> Look at you guys trying to figure out who it was. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I think, yeah. I think I know who it is. You know? <laughs> is he, is, is, it, it, was he wrestling uh, D'Alessio in one of the Monkey Club videos <laughs> in one of the team rooms? What's, what's your rhyme with? Yeah, French uh, what, kissing your dog. Uh, and French kissing your dog. It's a it's a it's a great uh, a breakfast. It's a popular breakfast around the world. Oh. <laughs> and we'll anyway. just leave it. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> leave it at that. So. Advice now, as as we get towards the end of the podcast, uh, to you guys, don't jump anymore, uh, obviously, for family reasons and such. Advice to people that have gotten out of the sport and might be thinking about getting back in. You know, Tim, sometime within your time frame of the next 11 years of getting current. Um, what advice you give to people if they're trying to decide, fuck, I don't know if I should be jumping anymore. What are the things they should be taking into consideration if it might be time to stop? Uh, and Bert, for you, um, what should be people be thinking about if it's time to get recurrent? Yeah, that's, um, I mean, it's just, it depends on how much of, of your life, you know, it, it really takes over a lot if you let it or if you want it to, um, you know, you get some people show up to the drop zone and they, 
really haven't been involved with anything or they are they're they're in transition maybe they they were in the um you know sports or something when they were in high school or college and then after that they they're looking for an activity to be involved in um you know or or some people just want to go out and make a jump or two um you know and and not let it be the main focus of their life and i think part of it is just you know one of the things you learn um especially after you drink as much beer as we have is that all things in moderation you know um so like you know you, you drink a lot and then and then you cut back <laughs> eventually <laughs> um, and same thing with jumping you know we used to when we were training um and, and coaching and organizing we would do like 25 jumps a day you know, we'd, we'd have two rigs, we'd do two back-to-backs, um, and then we'd, we'd come down and pack both our rigs in like 10 minutes. Um, luckily, we didn't care how it opened as long as it opened, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, it, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. Um, so, you know, I, I, sometimes I think I'd like to go back and make a jump or two. Um, there's a lot involved with doing that. You know, obviously I, I could grab a rig and jump, but it wouldn't be legal at all because it hasn't been packed in um, more than, you know, 90 days or whatever it is. Um, Never stop my Cypress one is probably not even supported anymore, but you know, so there's, there's some logistical issues there that are also required, but you know, if I wanted to, if I was really wanted to take the time to do it and I had the time, I would, you know, I could go out and get a pack and, and go make a couple jumps a day and not, not be like, uh, I have to, you know, load after load after load and do this and that and that. Just go out and have some fun and, and go home. Sure. Um, and Bert, Bert probably is, is a better uh, person to talk about yeah, this. I mean, so hundred percent. So, so Tim, I think, you know, as, as I, as I sort of say, say this to people now, I, I value quality over quantity. Right. And I am perfectly satisfied showing up to the drop zone and doing two jumps and just sort of being in that, in that, in that moment where I can, you know, still skydive, still know that, you know, the skills are rusty, but I'm relatively safe. And I think, you know, one thing that's happened since we sort of fell off the face of the earth. And then, you know, when I reemerge as gear has just gotten, you know, exponentially safer and mm-hmm. the, the training around students is safer, right? Like we were jumping old analog altimeters. Everything is digital these days from the altimeter to your, audible to they have you know fly sites and all these devices that show your canopy progression like when we were learning how to like swoop we just kind of buried the rise and hope we survived right and now there's all this like real instructional methods around that so generationally i think last year they said it was a it was the first year in a long time there was zero fatalities in all of skydiving yeah. across uspa and i yeah. attribute a lot of that just to just education is better and i think for yeah. for us for us who are coming back to this sport, you know, like I would say the more experience I became, the more conservative I got. Hmm. So now like they're, they're when they talk about a license, B license, win holds. And I think about the time when we were in Eloy and I was going backwards under my, my cross, you know, my, my canopy. And like, I don't even jump when we're not on a, when we're on a suit win hold, you know, <laughs> I think. And, and the last part of it is what Timmy said, like, don't be defined by, skydiving i think it's a quick way to get burned out like i i tell this new group that i'm working with i said guys like look if you want to be a competitive team and sit there and fight for the last second point coming out of eloy or chicago train for that one extra point and some people that's their prerogative that's how they want to spend their time and 
more power to them, but like I, it's a quick way to get burned out, you know? And so I think, I think that's generally, I'm, I am generally impressed with just the amount of training that goes on now Mm. versus experimentation. You know, everything has a method, everything is fairly well taught. And, you know, I think the experience of us not killing ourselves has certainly helped this generation. Does, does sleeping in the mock-up count as training? <laughs> Nobody sleeps in the mock-up anymore. Everyone's complaining that, you know, they, they had three three caravans at, at Crosskeys this weekend, and one of them was slow, you know, what's, slow. What's slow? So, I don't know. It took, like, you know, 15 minutes to get to hmm. to get to altitude. I'm like, man, I could take a nap. This is great. <laughs> like, 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 you know, this is perfect, you know. That's a lost art of taking yep. a nap in between loads. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But, um, Stewie, how about you? But I, I would love... I would love for all of us to get current just once and just do a big fat round. You can do a tandem, Stewie. You know? <laughs> <Fuck> <laughs> That's the worst thing you've ever said to me my whole life. <laughs> wow. so what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, I, I for me, I, I I think the question was when it may have been related to uh you know when when maybe it, the time to hang it up. Yeah. You know, for, for me, it was um you know that Ron and Sarah moment was was not the decision maker, but it was okay. This is the time, you know, the the the, the final thing. Uh, but for me, I w- I wasn't staying current enough. Yeah. And um. It's one thing. This is this is a personal thing. This isn't so much. Hey, this is when you should hang it up. But for me, when I was still doing uh, instructional jumps and still doing organizer loads and uh, being invited to go to boogies and stuff, and I and I knew in my heart I just wasn't I wasn't current enough to 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 deliver the goods um, in a, in the safest manner possible and to be as effective as possible. But just simply because I. I wasn't staying as current as necessary. And it was still jumping a fair amount, but mm. it wasn't enough. That's that. That's when I knew for me, it was like, I can't do that. Uh, and it leads back to getting pretty screwed up for a long time. And maybe that had to do with it. Maybe it didn't. But, um, you know, I, ne- I never so much as twisted an ankle in, in, in all the jumps that are made. Um, so, but it just, it just kind of wore on me. So for me, when I wasn't staying current and I was in a, in a fair amount of pain and I was just like, uh, I'm ready for the next phase. You know, sure. I'm ready to do the next thing, and I, I miss it. I mean, I miss the I miss the camaraderie. Camaraderie. Mm. Uh, I'm not. I pro- I'm not drunk. I promise to me. Um, I, I miss that the most. You know, the travel, the camaraderie, and and you know, that good stuff. And the jumping was was awesome for sure. Uh, but you know, when you're ready to move on to other things, and other things are going to fulfill your life and provide you with happiness and and other camaraderie um and for for me anyway that was that was the time sure so the, the dirty secret about our canopies in your back when i came back to the sport the first thing i did was i took the serial numbers from our canopies and i emailed nz aerosports and i said hey a former sponsored athlete we have all these canopies just curious like are these things like still okay and who answers the email but lauren demi and she's like, I know you guys. By the way, send me those canopies right now. We deem them unairworthy after like the first like two years of production run. And I was like, 
what the fuck? We put like 2,000 jumps on these things. I could have told you that. The way we flew them, they were on air. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, was like, I was like, you rounded this entire line. Right? We were doing crew with those things. <laughs> right, right, right. So trash packing and not caring how it opened probably. And, and the fact that they were on airworthy probably exacerbated your Well, that, yeah. that and, and drunk blindfolded packing races <laughs> um, while other people are putting shoes in your container yeah. to complicate matters. Uh, different different time uh kids out there don't do that <laughs> yeah and, and timmy uh I'll, I'll i'll still sign off on your reserve if you want me to repack it <laughs> the kids don't do that either <laughs> how many times would you should we show up to an event that we're working and our reserves would be out of date we'd be like, oh fuck, give me a moment <laughs> run into the other room <laughs> get a pencil best one i ever saw ever was mark cruzy walking up to a manifest desk hands over his reserve card it's uncurrent he said oh yeah get that back literally standing there signs his reserve card and hands it back to him and they're like you can't do that he's like yeah i'm, I'm the rigger i just forgot to do it earlier here you go and they're like fuck <laughs> it was beautiful greatest thing i'd ever seen greatest thing i've Gentlemen, I got to thank you so much for taking the time. I know it's uh, early on your side of the world to shit and shoot the shit. Uh, it's always fun to talk uh, about some of the stories of how people got into stuff, but especially when it's groups like Monkey Claw and people that were pretty instrumental in a place that was as crazy and as fun as Cross Keys. So I got to thank you very much. So before we before we oh, shut down, you. you know, there, don't forget, um, you know, there's there's other members of Monkey Claw, the Jay Humphreys, um, the Adam Rose, and huge, you know, huge uh, participants. Heath Richardson, Heath, Damon, Heath yeah. Richardson, just these these uh, Damo, and these guys were just, they were right there with us. It's, it's mm. not, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, you know, Timmy, Bert, Stewie. These these other guys were sure away so i don't want this you know podcast to go by and talking about the roots and and shenanigans of monkey claw without throwing jay humphreys and adam rosen under the bus and, and <laughs> yeah and Keith as well yeah. otherwise we could never we, we never could have done the whole uh I, I think we got one uh you know activity <clears throat> and uh yeah i mean so i heard and this is, this is kind of a good anecdote to leave off on because you know uh, apparently there were a few people walking around Quincy with a, uh, a balloon launcher, was it? Um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> narration. Um, and so, so these people were walking around. I, I don't know if I remember who it was or not, but, um, we were, I mean, they were walking around with a balloon launcher and, and launching balloons like people do, you know, at Quincy and having fun. And apparently one of the launched balloons ended up hitting, uh, an officer of the law, uh, squarely in the face and um these these people like were like totally the, the narration was, was being done in, in you know classic uh, crocodile hunter crocodile uh who's that guy um style and um and so you know we're sitting there and, i mean they're sitting there and the, the balloon gets launched and smacked right in the face and everybody just drops down and all you hear is I think uh, who was it, Dick Gazinia and somebody else, right? Uh, I can't remember somebody the exact else. names. There's, but, uh, there's still a warrant out for them. In, yeah, in Quincy. Quincy. 
<laughs> yeah. That, for the record, that wasn't the only person that got hit with a water balloon uh, from that launcher. Just the most but, memorable. Uh, it's it's yeah. one of the top top three. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. I love the fact All that, right. Stewie, your head goes straight to your hands as soon as he said water balloon. <laughs> like this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, once again, man, it was a real trip. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks, Protest, for hosting us. Yeah, thank you. you. The Monkey Claw website is still alive, so if you can give us more than 100,000 hits, maybe. Put it out there. What is it? Monkeyclaw.com. Monkeyclaw.com, all right. Monkeyclaw.com. I I actually, I'm just about to update it. Yeah, I'm I'm going to update it. I forgot to update it last week. Is that uh, you forgot to update it last decade and the decade before? You're going to update that right after you get current, yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome, (laughs) perfect. (laughs) Perfect. All right, guys, we'll see you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you. And there you have it another episode of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void brought to you as always by, and say it with me, fuck yeah, NZ Aerosports. Head to nzaerosports.com. By Pussfoot. That's right. Head to Pussfoot.com, the Extreme Sports Collective, and check out everything they've got to offer. By SummitParachuteSystems.com. Jarrett Martin and the family cranking out amazing pilot rigs, as well as incredible rigging courses. And now joining the Lunatic team, it's the one and only Tony Suits. You know him, you love him. Head to TonySuit.com. Check out all the amazing standards, as well as the new incredible signature line they've got going on. And as for us, the Lunatic Fringe is now on YouTube. That's right, you're going to have the chance to put faces to the audio by heading to YouTube.com and looking up the Lunatic Fringe Podcast. It's easy. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, check out all the amazing videos from the previous guests that we've had, as well as new and upcoming interviews on video. As always, I am the fucking pilot. Head to thefuckingpilot.net or theprincesspilot.com. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next time around.